Here's a crazy idea. Let's go back to that Carolina-Alabama game from last basketball season. Just play a fifth overtime, and the winner gets Jaron Stevenson. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, June 12th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us on today's episode to get your team every single day. This episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Coming up on the show, the first show of the week, we got a listener question about some deadlines for reclassifying that maybe others have, so I want to answer that. Uh, Another question about a potential reclass for Jaron Stevenson. As I've said, we're going to be tackling lots of listener questions this offseason. Plus, some very interesting thoughts from the Carolina fan base on using the final scholarships ran some polls about that so we'll get into it also want to remind you like if you were on vacation last week and you're just getting in yes i promise you it is me isaac i just cut off all my hair if you're listening to the show you can't see it and it doesn't make any difference anyway but if you want to see it hop on over to youtube or social media and you'll see my freshly shorn head but I want to start today's show by kind of providing an update on some Jaron Stevenson stuff. There keeps seeming like, hey, maybe there's going to be some movement, and then there's a little movement, and then there's not much movement, and then is it Carolina? What's going on? I want to talk about that and unpack it some today. I think we'll probably end up continuing to do that for a while until we actually get some um, firm news. Uh, there have been times lately where it seemed like we've got some firm news, but haven't. For example, at one point recently, Jaron himself postulated uh, making a decision, hopefully around July or excuse me, June 9th ish. Obviously that timeline has come and gone because as we sit here, it's um, Monday, June 12th or after, if you're listening to it after that. And so clearly that timeline is not going to be the timeline for Jaron to make a decision. And interestingly, even this weekend, he posted on social media about his visit to North Carolina, which was many days prior to that. And so uh, just some interesting things. Hard to really know fully everything. Part of it, part of the interesting thing about recruiting, um, if, if you keep tabs on high school recruiting for college, you might know this. Otherwise, you might not know might not know it. But sometimes there are dominoes like, hey, there are three players vying for this open and available scholarship. And if this guy takes it, then the other two are going to go elsewhere. The same is now true of the transfer portal era where we've got high school guys and transfer guys looking at some of the same scholarship numbers. So one of the sets of dominoes right now that that many are postulating about is what, if any, impact Arthur Kaluma's decision to transfer, as well as Grant Nelson's decision, who's also a transfer, might have on Jaron Stevenson's decision. Why so? Well, part of it is because Alabama has been in on all three 
of those guys. Um, Kentucky has been in on both Arthur Kaluma and Grant Nelson as potential transfers. And so there, there's like there, I don't know if I'd say likely there's possibly timelines that are affected by each young man's decision. Well, we got the first of those dominoes yesterday on Sunday because Arthur Kaluma, again, the Creighton transfer committed to Kansas state. And so Kansas State continues um, to get some good transfers and uh, continue to figure out what they are trying to do. As for Grant Nelson, he, if you've been keeping up with it, is down to either Arkansas or Alabama. And so, yes, uh, this does mean that Kentucky is getting neither of these guys, and it just continues to be a dumpster fire of an offseason for Kentucky. So, uh, by the way, P.S. for Carolina folks, this means for us that if you think Carolina has had a tough offseason, at least in terms of transfers out and, and the Simeon Wilcher stuff, there's always somebody worse. You know, even if, if you're at the top, there's typically always somebody better. In this case, there's always somebody worse, and that is John Calipari's uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Woof. Gross. Yuck. Anyway, um, per Jamie Shaw, it sounds like Jaron Stevenson is down to, or at least you know, has both Alabama and the in-state Tar Heels as his front runners. And so that's why I made the joke out of the cold open uh, about Carolina and Alabama playing for Stevenson services. Very seriously. Um, it, unless things change, which they always can because recruiting, right? That's what happens. It sounds like these are the two front runners and you have to feel good if you're North Carolina. Um, if, if it's out of state Alabama, Alabama, who's had some troubles this past season with things in their program. Um, you have to feel good about that. You also have to feel good about it if you're North Carolina because Jaron's mom played at North Carolina. Um, he goes to a local high school. If it was Carolina and like Duke or NC State, maybe you still feel strong. You still feel good about North Carolina, but maybe not as good because it's in state rivalries. And so unless it's just Jaron's wanting to get out of the state of North Carolina, which I get. There are guys that want to do that. Uh, I, I feel good about North Carolina's positioning right now, but obviously got to finish the deal. So if Grant Nelson winds up choosing Alabama over Arkansas, which frankly I think is the better fit, it's like, hey, come and step into Brandon Miller's shadow. Okay, cool. Sign me up for that, right? <laughs> Uh, or not his shadow, but what he's left behind with being a top three pick in the draft, maybe even the second if the Hornets decide to go with him over Scoot Henderson. Uh, th there is definitely space in Arkansas's front court for Grant Nelson, so that wouldn't shock me, but I think the better fit is the Crimson Tide. So the question becomes, if Grant Nelson becomes the second of these three dominoes and chooses Alabama, does that push Jaron even closer to the Tar Heels. And I, I would say not necessarily so. I think that's been a little overblown because um, obviously Grant Nelson is a right now thing. He would be going to either Arkansas or Alabama for this upcoming season. At this point, there's no guarantee that that is true for Jaron. Um, he will either be in the class of 2024 or reclassify to the class of 2023. So, I mean, I don't know that Nelson's decision or commitment 
has a, a massive domino effect that includes Jaron. However, I think that it would help the Tar Heels if Nelson picks Alabama. Um, now, per Sherelle McMillan of um, uh, Inside Carolina, who talked to Jaron's father earlier this weekend, it sounds like a commitment or a top three could be coming this week. Maybe both. It, it was a little unclear. So it's tough to say at this point, but I'll say that we, the plan, what we need to do is keep our eyes open. You just never know. Info could come out. Sometimes it does at any moment. Sometimes you get a, Hey, I'm going to announce this day at this time, whatever. And so you, you just never know which way it's going to go. But here is where I'm at right now. Regardless of all this noise, fluff, rumors, whatever, regardless of whether or not Jaron Stevenson commits to UNC, which obviously I hope he does, you hope he does, I don't think that he should reclassify. That's where I'm at right now. Yes, there, there is a benefit to him going ahead and getting to Chapel Hill this season, being under Carolina's tutelage, coaching, being part of Carolina's strength and conditioning regiment under Jonas Serration and, and you know, every, everybody else that's going on there. Um, but, but I fully believe that he would benefit by staying this final year of high school, getting all of those reps, getting another year of both playing in practice and playing in games. It's kind of like, Sometimes for a, a baseball player, you're better served by staying in AAA to play every day rather than sitting on the bench for the major league club. And I, I think Jaron is in that boat. Now, there, there have been rumors and speculations that maybe he is going to transfer schools and uh, to, to have a different high school experience his senior season with higher level competition. And, you know, I, I used to be of the mind like, no, I want to see a kid finish out at his school. But um, I've, I've kind of changed my mindset on that in recent years where I think it could actually be a really good thing to, to play a higher level of competition because there is such a high level of expectation to kind of be ready to go as soon as you step into college. And so um, I'm, I'm all in with Jaron staying in school one more year in, in high school one more year and transferring somewhere where um, all due respect to Seaforth, but could get a higher level. So sounds like the Stevenson family plans to release something this week. Now that could end up being nothing that could end up being a top three. It could end up being a commitment. Once again, I don't think it makes sense to release both a top three and a commitment this week. So I, I would imagine that it would be either or because it's like, hey, I'm going to release a top three on Tuesday and then Thursday announce my commitment. If that's the case, just say, hey, I'm going to announce on Thursday or I'm going to announce a top three on Thursday, you know, or, or nothing. If you're not ready yet, that's great. And that's fine. So we're going to wait and see. But that's where I'm at on Jaron Stevenson, uh, really watching these dominoes, watching Grant Nelson, and also saying, I don't believe he should reclassify unless it is with the understanding and knowledge that it, it would essentially be a red shirt year. Yes, he would get playing time, but I don't think it, he would be an overwhelming part of Carolina's game plan for this upcoming season. That's where I'm at. I'd love to hear where you're at. Now, 
We've got some listener questions about that idea of reclassifying, when it has to happen, are there timelines, and one that ties specifically into Jaron Stevenson's potential reclassification. We're going to get to all of those things, but first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals, which, in my humble opinion, are going to end tonight, Monday. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I love doing my sports betting with FanDuel because they have these great promotions literally daily. They have an app that's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use, and If and when you win, you get paid instantly for that money. So there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so. Got a listener question in from Todd. Want to tell you that in just a second, but want to invite you to come be an everydayer. If whether you're somebody like Todd, whoever that that's diving in with us all the time on this show, or maybe it's your first time, want to invite you to be part of this community, be an everydayer where we have conversations and talk every single stinking day of the week. It's a blast. I hope you enjoy it. I love it. So here is Todd's question, which came through an email. And Todd says this, when would be the absolute latest that a kid could decide to reclassify or not? This is a great question. Part of the reason this is a great question is because there's so many timelines and deadlines and specificity on the front end of of things germane to the transfer portal, for example, that you would probably imagine there's a specific cutoff for when you could reclassify the NCAA actually doesn't. The the answer to the question is the NCAA doesn't have a specific timeline or guideline for when this has to be kind of the joking answer is, well, when does school start? But the funny thing is I'm actually not joking that that is the real answer. Why? Because uh, it's just as simple as the player has to be able to enroll in class And the team has to have a scholarship available. So folks, remember that in men's college basketball, you get 13 full scholarships. So basically, Carolina has three as of the time of this recording. As long as one of those three is still available at the time at which a young man wanted to reclassify and and the coaching staff wanted to offer that scholarship, they could. And the same, same is true with transferring. Anyone that's already in the transfer portal just has to commit or make their declaration by the time school starts. So um, now, of course, with that, keep this in mind, everything has to be in order academically. Everything has to be in order with credits. Everything has to be in order with your transcript in order for you to do that. If it's not, then you're not going to be able to enroll. So in all seriousness, here's a very real timeline. Classes and late registration begin for North Carolina on Monday, August 21st. And so that's the timeline we're watching for is um, basically if somebody, I mean, it's just like these deadlines to enter the transfer portal or pull out of the NBA draft. You just have to make your decision 
by that day. And it, it could come down to it, quite honestly. I mean, we're at the point now where the college basketball offseason and, and the college football offseason, it very much is like NBA free agency where it's we have a year round sport going on now where we're keeping tabs on stuff all the time. You don't have to stay all in on it all 12 months of the year, but I do because that's my job. And so I'll, I'll always bring you that as well. So that's where we're at. The answer, Todd, to your question, when would be the absolute latest right there, right as school starting is, is when you can do it again, got to have all your papers and documents and everything in order and whatever um, to be able to make sure that you can enroll. But uh, there is no NCAA mandated deadline. And the second and similar question comes from Ron Chung on Twitter at Chung 2055. Um, and he says, if Jaron Stevenson announces his college decision in July, does that suggest he's not, not reclassifying? And this is a good question from Ron. Basically, does Jaron Stevenson's timeline indicate his decision on whether he will reclassify or not. And here's what I said back to Ron that I'm going to say to you now. The later we get into the summer, the closer we get to the school year, the less likely a reclassification typically is. But it's not 0% at that point. It's not 100% that uh, a player, and in this case, to your question, Jaron Stevenson, wouldn't reclassify it just becomes less, you know, by percentage points, less likely every day we get closer to the semester starting and a reclassification hasn't happened. Uh, part of that is because you want to spend all the time you can, whether you're the player or the coaching staff, getting this team, this unit aligned with one another. I, if, if Jaron Stevenson's coming, I want him to do what Elliot Cadeau did announce that he's coming to Chapel Hill and be there to be part of that first, you know, the, not the first, but the, the next summer session that's happening as camps are getting going so that the guys can all be together, can grow together, can learn together, can be a more cohesive unit. The longer you wait to make a decision like that and come to school, the harder it's going to be to, um, work your way into the team, learn everything and be ready to go. And so Ron, in answer to your question, just like I said, actually on Twitter, I think it becomes less likely if it happens in July, but that doesn't mean it's a 0% chance. So we wait and see on that. The question then becomes if Jaron Stevenson doesn't take one of the final three scholarships, who, if anybody does, you all helped me answer that, and I want to share with you the responses and the votes and how that all turned out, and we'll do that in just a second. Okay, folks, uh, so I put out some polls both on Twitter and on our YouTube Locked on Tar Heels community page. If you're not part of that and, and diving in, that's just a place we interact some and, and have conversation and, and polls and things of that nature. And so my question was what happens with three with Carolina's three remaining scholarships for the upcoming season? Options being none of them are used, one of them are used, two of them are used, or all three of them are used. Uh, part of the issue with trying to figure out the answer to that with North Carolina, but that I'm really glad for, is that they play it. I've been saying this all offseason long, play things really close to the vest. Uh, 
And, um, you know, with either some schools or with some young men, you see them trumpeting all over social media. Like, hey, I've been in contact with this school and this school or, you know, they reached out. Just because you don't hear that from a player about a certain school doesn't mean it's not happening. In some cases, it's just simply that the school is keeping it quiet and or the player is keeping it quiet. Think about it from your own perspective. In some cases, there is a big asset to being able to say, hey, look at who's checking me out. And in other cases, there is an asset in able to, to just not letting everybody know how you're playing your cards. You know what I mean? And so just because we're not publicly hearing of players that Carolina is in contact with doesn't mean it's not happening. I just want to continue to remind you that reason being I've had so many Tar Heel fans reach out and say, oh, I'm just frustrated because not hearing Carolina talk to this guy. That's okay. That doesn't mean it's not happening. The good news is, is that a lot of that can be happening behind the scenes. So once again, I did a poll both on Twitter and YouTube about what happens with the final three scholarships. On Twitter, I put this out through the Locked on Tar Heels Twitter. If you don't follow that, go follow it right now. Locked on Heels. 129 votes. I'm going to give you the results in order of least percent of the vote to most percent of the vote. The uh, smallest percentage was use none of the final three scholarships. That was 10.9%. The other bookend, use all three, was the next lowest, although almost doubles the use none, uh, and that got 20.2% of the vote. And then the final two options were very close within just about four percentage points of each other. Coming in second was use two of the final scholarships, and that got 32.6% of the vote on Twitter. And then use one of the scholarships got 36.4% of the vote. So there is no overwhelming majority, but use two or one of the remaining scholarships. Both of those got uh, the most votes. And, and that was a combined 68% of the vote, by the way. And so pretty, pretty high there. And that's interesting because Carolina, uh, this is this is a change from typical scholarship usage philosophy where people are like, yeah, I mean, scattershot, let's let's try to get what we can. And that's that's not the case here. In fact, uh, things even change a little more with the YouTube vote. This had 285 votes, so a, a much bigger sample size than was on Twitter. And pretty much the same answers, but with some, some differentiation in how it was allotted. Use none, still got the smallest percent of the vote at 6%. Use all three um, was a little bit higher in this one, 21%. But this is where things change. It's the exact same order. Use none was lowest. Use all three was next lowest. Use two was second highest and use one was the top option. But in this in this vote, use two of the remaining scholarships was most closer to use all three than it was to use just one. So use all three, 21% of the vote on YouTube. Use two scholarships, got 24% of the vote on YouTube. But use one of the final three scholarships, got 48%. I'm not sure I understand. My phone is talking, to, or my watch is talking to me. If you just heard that, that's hilarious. Um, that scared me half to death. Um, so on YouTube, use one of the scholarships got 48% of that vote. And so 
between Twitter and YouTube, that that was the top vote getter is I think the Tar Heels should use one of the remaining three scholarships and use two of them unused or given to walk-ons. Let me give you some of the comments because there were several comments that were at least interesting to um, hear people's observations on what should happen. So Duncan on Centris on Twitter said, quote, I mean, use one more, keep one free for any last minute portal or reclassification people and give the third one to a walk-on. If that last one isn't used by the first day of fall class, the the last minute one that you're holding, then give it to a walk-on as well. So I like this idea. Go ahead, use one more for whatever you think most important coaching staff. Give one to a walk-on, save the other just in case you need it, and if we get to the first day of class and nobody, you know, you haven't given it to somebody, then give it to a second walk-on. I love this idea. Duncan on Cinder's way to go. Uh, and then a couple comments from YouTube. Ranjit Sauri, I hope I've pronounced your name right. If not, I apologize. Says, add a young five from the transfer portal who is willing to back up Baycott for one season and develop with an eye toward more playing time the following season. I love this. This is, if you watch Friday show, you know, this is just what I'm thinking that Carolina should do. So I'm, I'm right with you there. And then Michael Riggs kind of as a follow-up says agreed on the backup to the five and then spread the remaining scholarships among the biscuit boys. I love it. I love it. Michael bring all that noise. Kendall Sherrill says on YouTube, save them. They won't get any playing time. And listen, there is something to be said for this. You've got 10 scholarships allotted already. And even that is a little much for what Carolina has done in the Hubert Davis era on a consistent um, usage basis. And so there's something to be said for not using any of these final three scholarships, holding them, giving them all to walk-ons, whatever it may be, so that you're not having scholarship level players sitting on the end of the bench, getting all grumbled and frustrated. And then the <laughs> saved this one for last. Roger Hinson said Darth Vader, just simply Darth Vader. So I'm assuming Roger means give one of the scholarships to Darth Vader. And I'm all in favor of that. So if somebody wants to dress up as Darth Vader, you can get a North Carolina basketball scholarship for you. Um, and so anyway, just some really interesting results there. I would have guessed that the majority of the fan base would have said use two scholarships and give one to a walk on or something else. But seems like um, not every not everyone's in agreement, but the the uh, higher majority of people would like to see one utilized. So it's a different era we're in, and it's really interesting to watch it change as such. Speaking of scholarships, some cool news in case you didn't see over the weekend, both Zayden High and Elliot Cadeau, the two-member freshman class at Carolina, again, not Simeon Wiltshire, um, have both come to school now and moved in. Also, Harrison Ingram is supposed to be coming today from reports Monday and will be in. That means that then all 10 scholarship players, the current scholarship players will be on campus. The four returners already there. The other three incoming transfers already there. And then you add Zayden High, Elliot Cadeau, and Harrison Ingram coming from Stanford where they have a different kind of school, um, like trimester sort of situation, I believe it is. And so that's why he's just now getting to Chapel Hill. 
All right. Interesting stuff. Keep your eyes peeled this week for more news on Jaron Stevenson. Obviously, if and when that happens, we will unpack it and talk about what it is, what it means, and how Carolina moves forward. That's it for today's episode. What a great way to kick off the week, getting right back at it. Coming up this week, want to talk a little bit more about Marcus Page. That news was made official. Continue to look at what Carolina should do in the class of 24 now that Elliott has reclassified all sorts of things like that. I've already talked about it, but you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHeels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. If you would, we would be honored if you would give the show a review, five stars about why you love being part of this community. Also, if you would, subscribe to the show on YouTube, smash the like button, and leave comments on your thoughts on what Carolina should do uh, as we continue to look at this offseason, this turbulent and topsy-turvy offseason that we're in. Regardless of how topsy-turvy it is, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you tomorrow, but until then... Peace.